When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rampa podcast. We are so excited today. We have a very special guest here for this episode. We are here with Kyle Aber, the voice of Kazuichi Soda and Kaito Momota, two very iconic Danganronpa characters. Um, also, Kyle has been in lo- lots of other things that he can talk about, but you know how much we love Danganronpa. Just a heads up that this episode will spoil nothing. That's right, you heard that right. No matter where you're at in the games, you can listen to this episode. Without further ado, I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. I'm Caroline. I'm Kazuichi Soda. And Kaito Momota, Luminary of the Stars. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Don and Rumpa Podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, <laughs> our first question for you is like a very basic question. You've probably gotten it a lot, but we like to ask it anyway because everyone's story is so unique. Mm-hmm. So um, how did you get into voice acting? Uh, a lot of people come from the stage or maybe some sort of on camera, any sort of acting background. I actually came from radio. So uh, getting out of college with a, a Bachelor of Arts in radio, TV, film, I wanted to first work in radio because in Dallas, Texas, where I was at the time, that wasn't really where, you know, uh, like voice acting for cartoons and, and games and stuff. That wasn't the hot spot for it. It was for Funimation. So I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to get in with Funimation cause they were already working on this show called Dragon Ball Z and was a huge fan of that. And heard about auditions through a radio station co-worker. So I went in in August of 2000, tried out for Gohan and a couple other things. And then they hired me uh, within a couple of weeks, started doing some bit part voices. And then after that, Gohan was now in high school, and that's where I took over the role. And then after that, I took over the, the narrator. Next time on Dragon Ball Z and Ox King, oh boy, and all that stuff. And that has launched my career for the past 20 years. It led to everything else, including Danganronpa. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. We were curious what some of your very first roles um, were, like when you were trying to get in at Funimation. Um, was the audition then for Dragon Ball Z the first one you ever did? or? Yeah, the first uh, the first anime. Yeah, okay. sure. I mean, I had voiced commercials and did character stuff on radio. I actually used to be a DJ on Radio Disney, which uh, still exists. You know, <laughs> top 40 radio. <laughs> It's just on uh, online now, but back then they started on some AM stations, and we were all syndicated out of Dallas. So I was on the air, and also, kind of funny story, uh, Kara Edwards, who voices Videl and Goten, a.k.a. my girlfriend slash wife, and then Goten is my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got started that year as well, and uh, she got out of radio. I got out of radio. We started focusing on, on voiceover stuff. She went to one coast and uh, eventually came out to the West Coast. And now she's back in Dallas uh, doing stuff 
full-time voiceover and I do full-time voiceover in Los Angeles and still working with Funimation. Thank God for, you know, tech advances that we can record from our homes. We can be in it literally anywhere as long as it's the right equipment. We have like broadcast quality studio upgrades. And so I'm here in my lowly little apartment uh, in my closet, which is very, very quiet dead sounding as it needs to you know you don't want your voice echoing off the walls so the clothes and the boxes and the padding and acoustic foam all make the perfect environment for that sort of thing yeah so we've heard from um some of the other voice actors that we've interviewed that they've had to switch to the home studio setup with quarantine and everything happening and we were curious if you had any tips for people setting up their own Sure. Well, again, the the uh, the emphasis is having a quiet environment. So if you live in a noisy place where you're hearing, you know, you know, the lawnmowers and the dogs and the neighbors and uh, everything, you got to try and isolate that noise as best as possible. And some people choose to, uh, if they can, save up enough money for an actual recording booth outside of that to help save some money. If you have like a closet space it's usually going to be pretty dead sounding. So that's good. And if you, uh, you know, obviously record whenever there's not airplanes going over or cars honking and all that stuff, you're able to, uh, to do that. But, uh, any sort of, uh, like the, the low budget, no budget kind of thing is to have pillows. Uh, in fact, if I have to record an audition on the go, I'll be like at a con, not this year, of course, but if I was at a convention and I was in the hotel and I have an audition, I have a little travel mic, plug it into my iPhone, and then I make a pillow for it. And that would absorb. That would absorb the sound. Turn the AC off, obviously, and then edit it. And I've booked some gigs that way. So, um, and <laughs> when in awesome. doubt, you could also do it in your car. If again, if you're in a nice, isolated, quiet parking garage or something, you don't turn the car on. You don't want engine noise or AC. So it's dead quiet. That's a good dead recording space that you can also make use of. Other than that, uh, if you live in an apartment, as I do, you might want to let your neighbors know that when you're screaming, they shouldn't call 911. <laughs> the soldier having PTSD downstairs. Quick, what's going on? He keeps on saying incoming and like, oh, he's screaming like he's murdering someone. Oh, he's just a voice actor. Wish I had a neon sign that would just appear in their you know, recording. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah, I want to be a voice actor to make pillow forts. That's awesome. (laughs) It's it's the best. You look like a complete idiot, especially if you're putting the quilt over the top of your head and you're reading either your phone or the printed out script in front of you and you'd look ridiculous. But then again, it doesn't matter because it's 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 how we sound, how the quality of the recording and the acting skills. So that's a very freeing and amazing aspect of voice acting is I can be 51, but I don't have to look, you know, 12 or 16 or 70 or be a monster. I it, that has nothing to do with it. It's like, can I do the do I have the acting range and the voices and and do all that? So. I love all that. In fact, I've heard from on-camera people saying, you VO people got it made, don't you? You don't have to sit on a set, wait for lighting setups and the camera crew and all that stuff and be on there for like 12 hours a day and wait, 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 wait. You go in and record for a couple hours, maybe three or four max, and then go home. But now it's all stay home and record. (laughs) (laughs) They'd log off Skype, Zoom, and Source Connect, or or however we're we're doing the long-distance recording, and go back to our lives. 
Caroline, did you have a follow-up question before me? I thought I saw you go like this at one point. I I was just excited. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> just just celebrating. Um, I so I wanted to ask, like, what kind of um, conventions have you been to? Convention-wise, I've been to all sizes. I've been to some that had less than a hundred people. I've been to things like Anime Expo with over a hundred thousand, or even way more than that, San Diego Comic Con been everywhere i've been so blessed to get to travel the world before 2020 so like australia new zealand ireland england canada most of the states um haven't been to the dakotas but i have been to idaho haven't been to wyoming but if there's an anime or pop culture convention in there you know uh, of varying sizes i have been very very blessed over these years to uh not only do something i love for a living but to be able to share that and meet fans from all over the world and and talk about how passionate I am about what I do and get to see and get that feedback, you know, through either social media or Discord or Twitch or or in person at, a, at an autograph signing or, what, or now online signings. We do online signing streams where we can actually also interact. They pre-order an autograph print. I sign it on the stream and then we drop it in the mail afterwards. So, you know, not everything about COVID is bad. You know, we're still able to to connect with our fan community and uh, it's that part, that aspect of it. Absolutely awesome. That's definitely true. And I know like, you know, we the three of us had to get creative because we're all creative people. And we were like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Podcast town. So fun. (laughs) Loving it. Yes. Podcasts are great. And coming from radio, I knew back in 2005, I used to have a podcast too. Me and I had a geek news podcast. And that gave the power of radio to anyone who wanted to do a talk show about any topic. And it would instantly go up for the world to listen to. Unlike if you're on an FM station or an AM station, you're lucky if the local people will even tune in. And you had to either pay or sponsor or be on like at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning when no one would tune in. And you have to have an FCC license. You don't need a license online. Need a mic. You need an internet connection. Hopefully a, a good enough mic. <laughs> you have a good sound. You do some basic audio production. Get get your friends to co-host, and there you go. And you build an audience. So I'm 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 envious that at your age you are now that I didn't have this. I didn't have the internet and, and the way to do your your creative outlets. As you were saying, you're all creative souls. So it's like I need to do something. And now you have all these streaming platforms to go out there and make your own audiences and deviant art and other places to get your art seen and pitches and writing and all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's like the greatest time ever for, especially for creative folks out there. Yeah. That's so interesting. You say that. It, so one thing that is neat about the online platform is that, you know, there's a lot of people at once though. So it is sometimes harder too, because everyone is like, Oh my gosh, check out my thing. And then, you know, it gets lost in the din. So, you know, it's like it's got its pros and cons, you know. Um, but, yeah. does, but social media is like the world's best free advertising. True. You just got to catch the right person to pay attention and like that tweet. And then suddenly they follow you and then hopefully it goes viral and and someone else goes. So it's like I've been very, very blessed. I, I joined Twitter the year it started. 
And this year I'm like at 52,000 or something. And it grows by like a dozen people a day or something. It's like, where are these people coming from? <laughs> it's nice. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm growing my Twitch stream. I'm having a blast because I'm a gamer, terrible gamer, but I love my games. And I love connecting with, with people on Twitch and streaming with my friends, whether they're fellow voice actors or, or people who subscribe to the channel. And yeah, it's, it's a good time. That's awesome. Well, to go to veer into the voice acting, you know, convo again, we will ask about your Twitch later, though. Don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I wanted to know a little bit about what are some of your favorite roles you've played or your favorite kinds of roles. You know, if you have like a type that you really enjoy uh, getting to voice. Well, the cliche cop-out answer is I love doing any of it, whether it's a named character, an episodic character, a big part, small part, a bit part, a uh, nameless guy like Cop A, Demon C, Soldier B, you know, these things that are only named for the sake of the script and then you see them on screen and they like, ah! and then they die. <laughs> but everyone you watch in, a, in an anime... And, well, in a cartoon, actually, every main character you hear, you're probably going to hear them in a small bit part as well. It's like I've watched many Batman cartoons where it's like, hey, that that stray cop over there, that's totally Batman. <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> it's like, I don't know about you guys, but do you listen and you start following some of the voice actors and you can recognize who's who? It's like, oh, that's totally Wendy Lee or Richard Epcar or Steve Bloom or you know, all these, these awesomely talented new generation of people who have come along on, on the recent dubs and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah, a guessing sure. game, you know, when you're watching a show and you know, there's someone in the background that's cop too. And you're like, Oh wait, okay, hold on. I have to guess who. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, love it. I mean, and, and through these years I've been, you know, it's, it's, you know, Dragon Ball Z opened up the whole Pandora's box for me anyway. So Gohan will always be special. The The narrator will still be special. That's what I get cameo requests the most for. Even more than Gohan, it's like, be the narrator and narrate my birthday or something. It's like, <laughs> Johnny Burton Super Saiyan, happy birthday. You know, next time on Dragon Ball Z. Get so many requests for that. And I do get Rumpa requests like, oh, Miss Sonia. Oh, yeah, I, I get all that. Kaito Momota, luminary of the stars, which sounds a lot like another character that I loved doing, which was Kamina in Gurren Lagann. Very inspirational, positive dude. He's way up there. Who also sounds like Gohan is the great Saiyan man. I have one teenage voice, basically. Kiba <laughs> on Naruto, Ryu in Street Fighter. He's not a teen, but, you know, uh, all over the place. <laughs> That's amazing. But getting to be Ryu in Street Fighter led to having a cameo in Wreck-It Ralph. So... Getting that, to that bucket list there. It's like, I don't have to be a movie star to get on a Disney movie. This is awesome. That is <laughs> yeah. awesome. I didn't even make that connection, but wow, that's so cool. Sure you can. Yeah, me and Ken, we, we got on there and a lot of Street Fighter characters had to play in Sonic, Roger Craig Smith. Uh, yeah, that's, that, a big that's day. pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. um, have any of your family or friends recognized your voice? Like kind of how you recognize your like fellow voice actors in games or, or shows or movies? Well, voice actors tend to enjoy more of that anon anonymity uh, than usual. So unless someone may have seen you at a convention or something, I've had people recognize me in public, but it's because they saw me at a convention. Only one person said, I just totally recognize you by your voice. They were like next to me at an IHOP when I was with a friend. And as we got up, it's like, excuse me, are you Kylie Bear? It's like, uh, yes. <laughs> How'd you know? It's like, totally, I can tell by your voice. 
Like, wow. Okay. That could have been gone a really scary dark route or it stayed cool. It stayed totally cool. <laughs> okay. He's not a stalker. This is good. A friendly encounter at the IHOP. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But seriously, especially now when you're going out in public and having to wear a mask, or at least you should, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not really seeing or recognizing people and I don't think they're recognizing me. So it's like, okay, I can go in and do my business. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to go get them the milk and eggs and go home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's cool. But it's honestly, it's really flattering. I don't get bothered like maybe some actual celebrities do. It's like, oh, no, paparazzi. No, 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 go away. <laughs> it's like, no, this is cool because fans have made it possible for me to have such a cool job and that I keep getting hired because people buy the product and they like what we do and uh, I do what I can on my side to make sure that, you know, I show up to my sessions on time. I take direction well. I I work on my acting and and, and just make sure and, and have a blast and, and be a part of that creative process to say, okay, but besides the, the, the artist and the engineers and the directors and the writers and all that and the animators, I'm going to I'm going to throw in my two cents. I'm going to my contribution as a voice actor. And there's so many people behind the scenes that that deserve uh, a lot more accolades, especially during this pandemic. The engineers have worked beyond, above and beyond, to help the voice actors adapt their home setups to be more uh, studio similar. Uh, even though some studios have opened up in the recent months, they still have been really cool saying, if you're more comfortable recording at home and we've approved it, that's cool. Otherwise, we promise we have these stringent cleaning protocols and everyone's going to be safe. And it's like, well, you know, I, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> yeah i'd rather record in my pajamas <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i have dodged the rona so far and i'd like to keep that record um we were wondering if uh, any of these conventions that you've been to if there has been like any memorable fan encounters that have just stuck with you through the years well there's uh several fans have proposed in front of me i would like do the voice of like say Gohan or the Great Saiyan Man, and someone dressed as the Great Saiyan Man would be in line with his Great Saiyan Woman Videl, and he would get down on one knee, and you know I would do the voice, and then suddenly he has something to say, or you know did the same as as Kamina too in Gurren Lagann. We had a Kamina propose to Yoko and all that stuff. Uh, it's it's been so cool, and then hearing stories about how the characters or the vo the voice performances affected their life in a positive way. I mean, it's one thing to do something you love, get paid to do it, but when you're making a really positive impact on someone's life, bringing them back from the edge, you know, literally from, you know, depression and anxiety, it's like entertaining, entertainment is therapy. It's therapeutic. It's, it's a getaway. And we're all trying to help people maintain their sanity, especially now. And uh, to be a part of that process, it's been so fulfilling from a uh, soul standpoint, you know? So I wanted to know, you said you like video games. What sort of video games and like animated or just regular TV shows do you enjoy when you're just hanging out? Oh, I'm a huge pop culture nerd. Let's see, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I love horror. My wife and I watch horror movies like every night. We love all genres, whether it's a slow burn or full on gore fest or psychological or ghosts or... <laughs> exploitation whatever i mean we just love horror we also love sci-fi i love action i love golly 
there's so many different things in those genres that it's hard to just name all of it. Uh, Game-wise, I'm definitely a big Call of Duty fan. I, again, I'm terrible at these games. I button mash, but I love Call of Duty. I love Street Fighter. I love Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh, God, I love old retro stuff because, again, I'm old. I grew up when games bleeped and blooped. You know, they didn't even have voices yet. And they did, certainly didn't look 3D or any of that. It's like little, little eight. They weren't even 8-bit. It's just like Pong, you know, a couple of dots. <laughs> I had an Atari. An Atari 2600 was my first gaming console. And I still remember. I had oh. even the world's worst video game ever made, E.T. Yes, I've heard about that game. Yep. Oh, my gosh. All you could do was raise and lower his neck as you go through the map and collect Reese's pieces or pieces to, to make your little transmission, your turntable and a satellite dish to try to get phone home, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, boy, I, I have fallen in love with fighters, racers. I love platform games. I love my switch. I got switch when it came out and Splatoon two is, is a huge favorite of mine. And lately Hades has been a really, really fun game on there smash brothers brawl i have it i'm terrible at it so i don't play it very much but a uh, big playstation fan uh if money weren't so tight i'd try and get a playstation 5 but no one can right now anyway because you know right pre-orders it's all been spoken for so it's like okay well all right that's on the to-do list but yeah ps4 uh spider-man was, was a great title all sorts of stuff i'm all over the map that's amazing. I, I was curious too, is there any um like roles or actors growing up that you saw and you were like that, like I want to do that or Absolutely. anything like that? I was a kid, probably seven, eight, nine years old. And my dad told me about Looney Tunes, you know, Warner Brothers, classic Bugs Bunny and all that stuff. And he told me that all oh, this one guy, Mel Blanc, he voiced all these characters and that blew my mind. And I would do imitations. I'd take a cassette recorder and do fake commercials and be pretend DJ and do all these different voices. And little did I know when you grow up, you learn it's like, it's not about doing the voices. It's about, can you act? And, you know, uh, if you happen to have a wide range, that's great. But there's so many people who can voice act with just their signature sound and they do. And it's awesome. And that's, a, that's a great thing about the voice acting community. Everyone's really supportive of each other. They'll say, Hey, I got an audition. That I don't think I'm right for, but I think you are. It's like, okay, that's a lot different than being on camera. You know, it's like walk into a room and there's two dozen of you, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it defeats it. But you go into a lobby. If typically we would go into an audition lobby at a studio and uh, everyone looks completely different, different ages, genders, and you don't know who, who's reading for what, you know, we're all picking up our scripts and kind of quietly going over it. Like, what, what? Which, again, I love doing it from home. You don't have to leave the house. It's so convenient. You get to sit there and take time with the script and make your make your decision. I'm going off on a whole tangent now, so pardon me. No, <laughs> We're here for it. And so, okay, we have a question that is, it's like kind of like geared toward Danganronpa. Um, we're not sure how, like how much you know about like the games or their plot or anything like that. Um, but... So in Danganronpa, every character has like an ultimate talent, like, you know, Kaito's the ultimate astronaut, Kazuichi's the ultimate mechanic, and there's like a bunch of just like talents like that. And um, 
we were curious if you could have any ultimate talent, what would it be? I would, I'm just dying to voice act on more like cartoons. I've done tons of anime and it's been awesome, but like to get to work with some of my idols in, in the cartoon business, like Billy West, Rob Paulson and Tara Strong and all these people that have been doing it for decades, you know, whether it's Animaniacs or Powerpuff Girls or Batman, the animated series, all these things that when I was younger and I was seeing all this and they just, man, Charlie Adler, another one with, uh, cow and chicken you guys remember that maybe it's a little before your time uh just i have a show where i could just be like spongebob you know just be (laughs) be like this original character like when people say when i'm the dub voice oh i'm the american dub voice and there's the german voice and there's the spanish voice but you know tom kenny is spongebob so it's like i want to be the The original blank yeah whoever if it's a character that's not even created yet that's (laughs) that's what i want that's that's really my aim. This is why I got into it because it's so much fun. Whether it's a you know a villain or a goofy, cartoonish, over the top character, or just a angsty teen, or or whatnot. It's it's all just a giant playground for me. All right, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break, but before we do, we want to know what do you think of Kazuichi and what do you think of Kaito Momota. Make sure you leave us a voice message at Anchor.fm with any questions or comments that you might have. And the best way to help out the podcast is to give us a five-star review. We so, so appreciate it. And tell your friends about us. And if you want to be part of more of the Ultra Hope Girls content and get some bonus episodes, we upload a episode every off week to our Patreon. Uh, the lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get access to all those episodes. So definitely check that out. And we'll be right back after the break. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description they are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. Okay, so our next question kind of focuses back towards your Twitch channel, um, which to our listeners, we highly recommend that you go follow him. We were curious what your favorite game has been that you've streamed. Oh, let's see. Recently, we tried Among Us, and that was very interesting. I uh, had several of my uh, my subs join me on Discord so we could hear them on voice chat as well. And uh, I said, I know we're not all supposed to talk until we have the meeting, but I'm doing a, a stream, so I'm going to have to talk the whole time, guys. <laughs> Sorry, but I won't give away <laughs> anything. So that that was very fun. Uh, other memorable things. Uh, Phasmophobia is another really... Such a good game. Yeah. I did the Slender Man game, Slender the Arrival. 
Right. I had not played that, and it was oh, October, yeah. so I, you know, was trying to get the more horror-themed one. Ghostbusters, I hadn't played that before, and it was only eight bucks on the eShop, so, like, oh, cool, I'm going to play this. But, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's so much fun getting, you know, and you think, okay, so I'm terrible, no one's going to show up, and, you know, who wants to watch a guy who's bad at games? But everyone who's been doing it says it's not about your gaming skills necessarily. More people are there because of what you bring to it, whether you're funny with your commentary or you just bring up interesting topics. Like Twitch isn't just all about gaming anymore. It's about just, you know, podcasting or just chatting or whatnot and all that. And I, I started that years ago. I did a podcast. I did live streams on Stickcam. Remember that service, Stickcam or Ustream? This was all like over 10 years ago. So, and then YouTube came along and the Google live stream thing. And then now Twitch, it's been going on for years now. And you know, these, these streaming formats and YouTube and whatnot are like the place to be and try and build an audience and maintain it. But you know, it's all about having fun too. Otherwise why do it? Yeah, for sure. Some of my favorite, favorite Twitch streamers ever are like horrible at the games that they play. It's like comical, but it makes it fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm awful. I've joined other streams and it's like, oh, let's see your skills. It's like, I don't have any skills, man. I, <laughs> this is awful. And they, they just, I'm demolished. I'm decimated. And within 30 seconds on Smash Brothers or Street Fighter, I'm like, oh, this is why I play offline with just arcade <laughs> mode against a bot. You know, this is, at least I have a half a chance. I'm like, put it on easy mode. And then, okay, now I can do this. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> so yeah, relatable. Feel, I'm right just feels. like, I feel that so hard. Um, so, do you play like visual novel games at all? Or is that kind of not your thing as much? No, it it hasn't really caught my interest. I know that years ago, I would see things that came on. Remember, they're called CD ROMs. They would (laughs) what looks like a CD, but you know, it's a game on a disc. And like, oh, okay. Uh, And I would see things from Japan, like, oh, this is a dating sim. It's like, (laughs) oh, I don't know if I want to. Oh no. How exciting can that be? Really? I mean, I don't know. But there's a game in every genre for everything. Just like anime. There's every genre. It's not just for kids anymore. Yeah. So whatever whatever thing you're into, they, they have a show about it. Guaranteed. Or they have a, fin, a fanfic about it. <laughs> and a, visual novels, of course. True. What I think would I wish would catch on is what they've had for years in Japan, which are the radio plays of these various anime and mangas. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I wish there was a budget to do like an English version of like an anime radio play. Or or it doesn't even have to be anime. Just uh, now that, well, podcasts have kind of helped rejuvenate radio theater, which is another thing I'm interested in. It's like something that's truly just theater of the mind. You could listen to something with music and sound effects and a whole cast or maybe someone just like an audiobook narrator and and storytell. You know, just like Audible has has caught the world on fire because people are stuck in their cars and they listen to audiobooks. So it's like, who has time to read? Well, I have time to listen. I'm stuck in traffic and all that stuff. Or it's late at night and I want to chill. I want to play my games and I'll listen to a book or listen to a podcast and do all that. So I would I would love to be a part of more uh, radio theater, audio drama, dramatizations. That's so cool. Yeah. Um we were also we were curious as to um, whether you are, have ever considered playing Danganronpa. 
in the future? Well, let's see. So it's a murder mystery? Mm-hmm. Pitch it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to pitch it to you. Ready? It's Battle Royale meets high school. And so they're locked in a high school. And they are basically told that they the only way to graduate is if they murder one of the other students and get away with it. And so you solve every murder that comes along, however many there may be. So you're and wandering around and you're looking for <laughs> clues and is it text-based or do you, I guess you have obviously the full voice acting, character interactions, and you have to, I guess, put two and two together. And It's mostly text-based with a couple of um, mini games and mechanics. Uh, and then from what I seem to game. recall, just generically from my recording session is that the stories can branch out, right? There's more than one ending. No, I don't think so i think it's pretty linear okay but, think, on that um, yeah yeah i had that on persona yeah. though i was on matarame on persona 5 so i think i remember playing different endings to that yeah so yeah um but yeah when I you could probably get some danganronpa fans to tune into the stream <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah well, they're passionate they're passionate is it on playstation 4 Yes, I think so. All of them, all of them are. It yeah, is. They right? all are now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll give it some thought. You know, if it's yeah. a sixty-dollar game anymore, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, definitely. I'll, I'll keep my eye on it. And it's like, okay, well, I need to play some more games. Like I got my Hero Academia because I'm fat gum, so I, I got that new one that actually has the dub on there. Um. So yeah, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. It's nothing you can <laughs> succinctly play, though, right? I mean, it's. When you play the game, the mystery takes about how long, would you guess? It goes in the whole game by chapter. So it's like each game is like six chapters. And it's like there's stuff that happens before mm -hmm. like a murder happens. And then there's like an investigation and then a trial. And mm. so it's like it goes kind of in phases. So okay. I'd say like each chapter probably takes around three or four hours. Oh my God. Okay. It's it's yeah, long. It's it is long. long. Yeah, that's yeah. the only caveat. Wait, guys, we sold him, and now we're back. <laughs> Here's my thing. I I normally stream roughly an hour, maybe an hour and ten minutes, because I I don't want people getting bored and tuning out. But if that if something like this game would hold the attention for two or three hours, maybe I would consider if I I would want to go ahead and. Unless that's a good hook, sit there and save at that point going, let's continue next time on the screen. <laughs> yes. You yes. can do that, right? You can save. Yeah. Save okay, good. Oh, yeah. I hate when games Oh, yeah. I hate when games anywhere. make you, you can start save all anywhere. the way over when you die or when it's like, I got to go have a life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's real. But I will say they'll come in streams like Kyle, I'm I'm telling you this game, like we streamed it on our Twitch channel and we had the biggest <laughs> audience good. we've ever went. And... <laughs> I think we went from like an average of like four watchers yeah. to I think over two hundred ended up watching that, just to give you like uh, an idea. <laughs> like an idea. I'm already an affiliate. I would love to be uh what is it? Uh, <laughs> the other status that's harder. Yeah. 
the partner. Partner. Is... Yeah. It's like, how am I ever going to have at least 75 people watching this stream? I've been raided by people who have those numbers and they're like, oh, look, my stream had 122 people. And really, it's like more like 20. So it's like, okay, I got 20 hardcore people. We just need to expand. We got to get out there. Come on, guys. It's fun. It's fun. I'm funny. Like me. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll roll in there. We'll in there. Yes. Raid. I can raid your channel. You can raid my channel. It's a good word of mouth sure. thing. You know, it's a good signal boost. For sure. Yeah. It's like, we've got these ladies that are Heck big yeah. Dongarumpa fans. They keep on saying, hey, Carl, you should play Dongarumpa 2 and 3 on your stream. <laughs> I don't know why you talk like that, but that's the voice hey, that would uh, give you. No, that was the perfect impression of us. <laughs> like strong bad. Remember, okay, well, I think that we're going to play Dongarumpa. It's like, I'm going to talk like my character. <laughs> or how I should have done the character. Maybe I'll stay in voice for a little bit. Like, Kazuichi Soda, the mechanic. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll make him a little more like this and just go into some weird thing. That's beautiful. I think when I played Danganronpa on stream, I was like, oh, man, guys, I don't know what we're going to do. That's that nice. So do you like voice when you see the text and you sit there and kind of perform it, like narrate or something? That's what I end up yeah. doing when I see the text stuff and the cutscenes. It's like, oh, I have to narrate. I'll make this dramatic sounding. Ooh. Caroline is actually an aspiring voice actor. Oh, yeah. So she'll like during her streams voice act each character with like a new voice. Um, yes, it's really, really good. <laughs> that's fantastic well that's good you know they always say practice get your practice in use all the free resources you have uh at your disposal you know sit there and uh obviously until you can uh cobble together enough money to take the acting lessons and one day work with a uh professional demo producer and then lay down some different excerpts of of a range of emotion that you can have different than a commercial demo and audiobook demo and then an interactive demo or gaming demo and so we also speaking of your stream um do you have any like kind of memorable moments or funny things that have happened that have been like your favorite memories from a stream Oh, I love being scared. So running into the ghosts or, you know, Slender Man, uh, that, that has been like, ah! you know, and I would have the volume up on the game loud. So I wanted to make sure it would be really jarring. And it's like, oh, it works. It works. And I love that. And hopefully it was entertaining for the listener. And I, I wasn't like the early PewDiePie videos, which were all distorted and blown out because he was screaming too loud into the mic. <laughs> like... Who wants to watch people do that on Twitch? And it turns out, what do I know? Millions of people did. And now he's a millionaire. But it's like, no, we have good mics and good headsets now. And now we can monitor everything on OBS and different inter interfaces and make sure that our levels are good so that we don't, you know, don't blow them all out, you know? So, yeah, I, I love being scared on a stream or love just freaking out when someone just like, boom, headshot. Like, hey, I didn't even... I am Operation Meat Shield on a first-person shooter game. I'm helping. I hate sniping. I'm so bad at it. I just rather just run and gun. I was so bad at League of Legends back in the day because I've got like three voices on there: Israel, Jarvan, and Graves. And I would play it, and I was so terrible because it's like. And all the other players would be like, Kyle, it's about stealth and strategy. You don't just go around and shoot. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I want to go around and shoot. It's fun. It's like, but they kill you so much easier if you're just out in the open. Strategy, huh? Hmm. Okay. Boring. But yeah, yeah, I have a short attention span. So games that are just open world and don't have a mission, it's like, that's eh, not really my thing. I know other people love Minecraft and other things and just go out like, go out there and explore and find things. It's like, eh, just tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Give me goals. Give me it's goal. like, okay, I didn't get into Fortnite, but I got into Call of Duty Warzone, which is basically the same game, but with that Call of Duty skin about it. So it's like, all right, there are mission parameters. Okay, I have things. Loot, loot. I will find the loot crates. Yes, I will do that. I will collect all the money I can. Yes, until I get shot. Okay. Um, one of the first games that I streamed on Twitch was Life is Strange. Mm. Um, and at the very end, it becomes spooky. And I won't say why in case like any listeners want to play that game. <laughs> but I was literally like running around on Twitch. And I was so scared that I was just singing everything that I did. Like that was just how I was coping. I was like, I'm so nervous. It was horrible. <laughs> Oh, I totally know what you're saying. <laughs> when we're recording, voice actors will do all sorts of stuff. Like they'll break into song or, you know, we'll screw up and suddenly make it a song. and Or so the line might sound like a movie quote. So we'll go ahead and, and say the line as if it were the movie quote. It's like, oh, Die Hard, Ghostbusters, all these really quotable movies. We can always just insert that into conversation. And all voice actors are guilty of doing this. We're just breaking into like, all right, let's go get the ninjas. I love you. You know, yeah, it happens all the time. So yes, singing when you're scared. That sounds like a genius move. That's a good thing that would keep the Twitch people engaged. Like, watch, watch, man. This dude is an idiot, man. He gets scared and starts singing. It's like, is there a ghost around here? I don't know. Me, 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 me. You know. I'll start like randomly like beatboxing sometimes if I'm playing like a scary game that I'll just be like, okay. <laughs> I, just I, do all the time. I do that, especially with multiplayer. I'll be like, okay, there's a lull. I, I feel like I should be talking because the game is quiet. Like, yeah, beatbox. When in doubt, beatbox. Exactly. It keeps the ghosts away. Hopefully, it doesn't keep the viewers away. Hopefully they'll they'll come on mass and they'll be like, oh my god, this is the beatbox stream, right? Okay, cool. Um, our next question for you is, um, if if you don't remember, like specifically in, in regards to Danganronpa, um, you can just talk to it like kind of more generally for recording stuff that you've done for voice acting. But like, we were curious as to what was memorable about like the recording process um, for Danganronpa or in general. Well, in general, because I get to work with so many wonderful voice actors who are also directors. So on Danganronpa, I recorded two and three at the same time. Uh, and Tony Oliver, uh, who is known for directing a lot of awesome shows and a great voice actor in his own right. He started decades ago in Robotech and um, he directed Gurren Lagann and, and some other really great shows. So working with someone repeatedly helped, you know kind of eases the nerves it's like oh i'm working with someone new oh no it's like so we can sit there and make jokes because we know each other for years and years but it's like uh we're a blank slate so when i go into a session i don't know what i'm going to say i see the script is like a cold read 
basically. So the director sets the tone, tells you the context of your story, and then, you know, uh, it's like, all right, so you're this character in this game, and then this character in this game. So but we're just focused on this character now. And then you might have what's called a pickup session a few months later where they add dialogue or they change a line or maybe they, they somehow let it slip through the cracks at quality control. It's like, you said the pronunciation wrong. Like, oops. <laughs> so there's all sorts of circumstances. But I don't remember anything in particular about those sessions other than I had a blast. I get to be a voice actor. I get to work with Tony. I get to... Uh, Record five minutes from where I live. This is, <laughs> this is that that was great. And then you know, getting to take something like that where you're literally kind of in a vacuum. It's like, was it good enough? And the director said, "Great, okay, moving on." And then it's out there in the ether. It's out there in the world, like six months or a year after the fact. And then people start getting on social media and telling you, "Oh, this is great. I love you in this role. And this game is awesome." And then I'm signing tons of uh, art boxes and, and game cartridges and all sorts of things on the convention scene. So it's like, wow, this is cool. It's weird. You never know what sort of a effect it's going to have, if the fans are going to take to it or not, which reminds me of a uh, kind of a, a weird faux pas that I did. When they announced two, they didn't announce three yet. So when two dropped, I said, I'm in three as this, this character. And Atlas said, you shouldn't have done that. I was like, oh, I totally, totally I deleted it, but people screenshot it. And like, oh, my God. And then he said, all right, well, you're not in trouble because the fans are ludicrously excited that it got announced. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is why it's very important that uh, voice actors respect those NDAs, those non-disclosure agreements. We, we don't tweet about it. We don't put it on, on social media uh, timelines unless we're given express permission. <laughs> it had a happy ending a little nerve-wracking at first and i said guys i promise this was not intentional i did not know that we recorded the same time i didn't know that they were spaced out and like it's okay but never do it again all right so one of our one of our wrapping up questions i think we have like two more after this one but of course you know we gotta ask because you know a lot of voice actors say something different depending on who their personal experience and who they are, who they played. So what advice do you have for aspiring voice actors? Well, the bullet point answer is to shoot them to this URL. I want to be a voice actor.com. Sounds like a joke, but it's legit. Uh, voice actor D Bradley Baker, who's been doing cartoons for decades and various creature noises. And he's been on clone wars and, uh, all sorts of cool stuff. He has a blog, I want to be a voice actor.com, which basically goes over in more detail about, all right, so you want to go on this career path. Well, you got to get your acting foundation and your training first, whether it's experience or you're taking classes. See if this is for you. You know, you may find out that uh, maybe you don't have what it takes. It's okay. At least you tried. And if you do and you've got some encouraging words from your vocal coaches, you take things to the next level and then comes the demo. Then after the demo, it's marketing. It's getting it in the hands of casting directors or talent agents and getting someone to represent you. You don't need a talent agent, but it helps because they have access to all sorts of different projects, not necessarily ones you think will be fun to work on, but things that pay. You know, commercials are the most lucrative and the most common type of voice work there is. And since I've been to LA, I've only 
been hired for like two or three commercials <laughs> and everything else has been games and anime, but I do read for them and I do have an agent. So it's important to be heard. Even if you're not hired, you're, you're getting in the ears of, of the people who, who can make that decision. And uh, another important thing to, to keep in mind is the, the attitude. No, don't sit there and, and go, oh my God, I hope they hire me. I hope they hire me. Chances are they won't because it's so competitive, you know? Nine out of 10 gigs, no, you're not going to get hired. Not because you suck, but because you're just not what they're looking for. Uh, maybe you're not done training yet. Maybe your demo didn't get heard or maybe they passed on signing you or, or putting you on the talent roster because it's like, eh, it's just not that good. We got a million people that sound like you. Why should we hire you? So it's important to remember that you, you are a brand. Your voice and your acting range, you're, you're going to do something that represents what you bring to the table. This is why a director or a casting person is going to hire you. Not because you do impressions, but because you bring a piece of you to your performance that stands out. Uh, it's not just because, oh yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah, everyone has a different sort of thing. They're de descriptors. It's like this one has a really good youthful sound or vibrant or, you know, you know um, rugged, experienced veteran, you know, uh, all sorts of different things. And your vocal coach will help you uh, help define what and, and help you hone through practice and, and all that stuff uh, what what your signature sound is. And, you know, when you get to the demo stage, how to how to take that that crucial 60 seconds of someone's time who has the power to hire you and have enough excerpts on there showing a range of emotion, show that you are believable, no matter what you're reading, no matter what kind of character you're doing, that we believe you in that tiny little five to eight seconds to tell me a story, to make me be, to make me not want to hit stop after, <laughs> after a few seconds. And that is a thing, you know, it could be end up in the inbox of broken dreams. You know, uh, it helps to network as you're on your way up, when you're networking and using social media to meet others in the business, especially at the same level you are or more experienced, when you network, uh, you know, get feedback from your demos and your performances. Maybe someone more established can listen and guide you and critique you and say, hey, I like your demo. Uh, and, and you're here in Los Angeles. You, you know, it's like, hey, would you mind? Do you feel competent? enough in my demo to maybe bring it to your agent it's like sure i could do that uh so networking is is a great thing you know we we pay it forward steve bloom opened doors for me uh, we met as a fellow guest in a convention and uh, when i came to la he 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 kept his word he says yeah i'll, I'll walk you into bang zoom studios and he did and he got me in to meet with his agent who has been my agent ever since i moved to la in 2005 so yeah, uh, stay humble, stay grounded, stay realistic. Uh, this doesn't happen overnight. And just because, you know, we have equipment and technology to make you sound great, uh, a technically competent demo doesn't mean that you're a good actor. You know, yes, you need those aspects, but don't focus so much on, on spending and investing money and the fanciest mic and, and, the, and the most expensive this, that, and the other. Because, you know, you got to work on you as the actor first and then, you know, slowly but surely piecemeal it together. And maybe, you know, you can do more with a $200 mic than someone else can with a $1,000 mic. It, it just depends. Different mics sound different on different people in different environments. 
do your research. Dude, there's so much there's so much research out there about how to get into voice acting, but these are the bullet points. Become an actor first. Uh, train, 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 get experience, whether that's on camera, whether it's on stage. If you're still in high school or college, get involved in your drama program. Take improv classes. It's like, why improv? It's like, that's a skill you will use every single time you're on the mic. Every audition you have. You will have to think on your feet. You will have to commit to a performance and then be flexible and change it on the, on the, on the dime. When the director says, okay, now go this way with it. I'm like, that's why you sit there and have to go through all these classes. Like, why do I have to make up words to a song? And, you know, all these whose line is it anyway type games. It's like, because it's flexing your brain that you're using this skill that will always come into use. Get used to cold reading. Get used to uh, reading things and um, for the first time and making some sort of committed performance to it because you will always have that uh, thrown at you. Scripts not necessarily sent to your email before the session. So it's like, okay, well, what do I do? So again, I want to be a voice actor.com. Go there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Our last question for you is what are some projects that you would like to promote? Anything that you're allowed to announce? Well, let's see. What's the most latest thing? Uh, Pokemon Journeys on Netflix. I voiced Darmanitan. Uh, and that one, that was fun. Uh, let's see. A few months ago, the latest season of Seven Deadly Sins hit Netflix. So I'm Escanor. Who decided that? There's a bunch of games out and I forgot all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but people who follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff, at Kyle Bear, they can learn when I uh, promote stuff. And uh, what I'm mostly promoting right now is my Twitch stream, which is Gohan with your own bad self. That's my channel. Gohan with your own bad self. People remember that because it's silly. Yeah. I mean, eventually I might get in trouble. I don't want copyright issues and I'll change it. But uh, <laughs> right now I want people to come. It's like, oh, look, it's the voice of Gohan. And all he did Aizen and Akiba and Danganronpa and then Street Fighter and then what? Fire Emblem? What? I, I, I admit that's really, really fun to watch people freak out. It's like, like it's superpower. <laughs> people like to fly and teleport. It's like, I just like to make people squee with, with happiness when I go like, yeah, I did a voice on so-and-so. <laughs> well, to our listeners, please go and follow Kyle and like subscribe to his Twitch channel. He may be playing Danganronpa in the future. So got to keep an eye out for that. Um, but honestly, thank you so, so much for coming and talking with us. This was so fun and educational. Honest, like, honestly, it was yeah, really awesome. So thanks. Yay for infotainment. Yay! <laughs> uh, huzzah! Well, thank you all, ladies, and thank you to your listeners out there. Uh, follow your path, follow your passion, whether it's voice acting, animation, writing, or or whatever. And if you're not into any of the creative side of it, and you're just a fan, hey, you are worth it. You are, you are worthwhile. You are amazing, and you help keep the industry alive. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to our interview with Kyle. We had so much fun getting to sit down and chat with him and hear all about his Twitch adventures. If you want to follow the Ultra Hope Girls on Twitch, we are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast. Both Marin and I stream there weekly. So definitely check that out if you're interested. 
And if you want some bonus content on these oft weeks, I know you miss us, I know you do, uh, make sure you check out our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month, and you get an entire bonus episode done by one of us or all three of us. You never know what might come in the future. So definitely check that out. And yeah, make sure you check us out on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. We're Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. And thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate you all. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.